Hi, and welcome to another episode of Esquire University. I'm here today with Adam Fowler, who's in charge of business development for Serenitex, which is a company that helps with security, which is becoming more and more of a, a big deal in the legal industry because so much of this data is on uh, computers, mobile, and in the cloud. So Adam, if you don't mind, kind of introduce yourself and what it is that Serenitex does. Well, hi, I'm uh, happy to be uh, taking, taking some of your time today, Eric. Um, the Serenitex uh, was founded primarily to help everyone get access to the security that most people can't afford. Um, the, the whole concept is as more and more of all of our data goes on online, on, in the cloud, uh, we don't really know where it is. And everyone is so much more susceptible to some of these major attacks like ransomware um, and having their entire livelihoods held hostage um, for really nothing short of, you know, some greedy criminal on one side and on the other side, just not quite being aware that all those things could actually happen to them. So it's, uh, it's very, um, hopefully universal in what we're trying to to uh to convey to everyone today okay now i know you deal with a, a lot of uh, large companies and and work specifically with law firms from my perspective i see law firms deal with a lot of sensitive data uh, they may have hundreds or even thousands of clients and a lot of those clients because of the nature of what these lawyers are doing have medical records, and a lot of personal information. What is it that you would do to help guard against threats from, uh, you know, a, a cybersecurity criminal? First and foremost, we would have to identify exactly what uh, type of information that that law firm had. And, and that is easily separated into your typical business where you've got your billing and, and those types of things. And and even that, to some extent, is uh, dangerous to have open, but but especially the HIPAA and the uh, more sensitive data when it comes to maybe a client's uh, business practice or something that they're trying to patent or some of their uh, uh, sorry here the their their technology that they're trying you know trying to protect. Um, and, and we would actually go help them and actually segregate that data and encrypt it and especially let them know exactly where it was at all times so that it would be less vulnerable to those things. And then from there, um, once it's segregated and encrypted, we then would um, help them uh, protect the points of access to that uh, data such as the computers that are actually accessing that data that need to work on it on a day-to-day -day basis, as well as uh, monitoring every single person that has access to that data. Um, and those 24 seven monitors um, will spit out all the reports that you would need to ensure that you're still up to date. And if there is a particular attack that is sensed uh, to do it in real time, as well as to shut it you know, shut down access immediately so that you're not uh, exposing that data. Um, yeah. yeah, so that brings up a good point. So, you know, nowadays, uh, especially with what's happened with COVID, someone might have their 
work computer in their office, their home computer, and then their mobile device. Is the security sophisticated enough to keep up with all three of these types of devices? Uh, we would definitely recommend you not access your sensitive data from your cell phone, uh, first and foremost. But we would definitely be able to protect that home office as well as the office at work uh, for whoever needed access to that particular uh, sensitive data. Um, okay. It's a little, you know, the, the mobile situation, because we do so many things on our phone, um, it is so easy for a website you visit, you know, or um, anything that you do on your normal day-to-day -day basis that, you know, then to then take that same device and access sensitive data. Um, it can be done. We highly, you know, it can be done if you have proper protocols in place, but we suggest you just don't do that at um, if you can avoid it. And what are some of the more common types of threats that people see? I, I think everybody is kind of aware of these phishing scams where someone's trying to get you to click on a link. Uh, and then from there, it could go from uh, a, a ransomware where they hold all of your data hostage and force you to pay or all that disappears uh, to intercepting say wire transfers or some type of sense of in information, what do you see that's most common that people should be on the lookout or that your security helps with? Well, of course, all those things are, are huge, but maybe even less, um, less egregious as those are some fake messages. So you will be sending an email to one of your clients and you'll get a message back in that same language from your client and you will have a whole new thread of communication that you think is with your client, but it's one letter off in that email chain somehow, some way, not because your data has been breached, but because your client's data has been breached. And now you have a whole, you know, you have to worry about all the, the uh, communication that you're now sharing that way. So that might even be the most vulnerable because it's so easy to miss. Um, and it has nothing to do with your system itself. It's, you know, an external, uh, external input to your system. And how would you protect against that? The first and foremost, you would get an alert that this uh, email is not the same email you're currently, you know, you've been using in the past. So, you know, that, that alert, you know, Google helps with that somewhat, but we have a, a separate set that would, would identify it immediately. Um, and, and secondarily to that, once it's identified, it would actually um, be flagged and, uh, and flagged and reported. So um, okay. you, you then prob probably should call your client uh, or whoever you are corresponding with and say, hey, you might want to check because I believe your system has been hacked somewhere. Uh, right. Now, one of the more common ones that I've heard of, which seems terrifying, would be the ransomware where they get in, somehow take your data hostage and give you a, some time frame that you need to pay by. So it could be 50,000, could be half a million. What are, what are some of the things that you're able to do to help thwart those efforts? Um, first, we would actually have backups and secure backups uh, that would update on a daily basis. So in case a 24 hour window or a 12 hour window, if that's what you required, even shorter, if that's something that you'd be interested in. Um, so that you know every 12 hours, if somebody did was able to gain access to your system, you would have a complete backup of that and you, could not, you know, you would not have to uh, 
pay the ransom. And first, you know, to the point of paying those ransoms, even when you pay those ransoms, it's not 50-50 that you're even getting your data back. More often than not, it's just wiped and they take your money. Um, they, uh, they're not really in that, they're not in business to do this twice. Um, right. But uh, more aside from all of that, it's the, um, when you have that ransom attack, it's the time that you're actually down um, the loss of hours, as well as uh, when when that cyber attack happens, one of the biggest problems is not the fact that the data is gone, which is a huge problem, but that their entire system is open. So anything that is new that is put on that system is pretty much free, um, free to anybody who is looking. So then having to go back and re-secure that system that's where we would really be able to help in that, as well as pinpoint exactly how they came in to uh, make sure that they shore up you know, for future uh, future issues. So you would obviously have the complete copy of all the information siloed off in some other protected area. So, you know, if one thing is is captured by the ransomware, this other siloed information would be completely separate. Yes. Yeah. That, and, and hopefully if the client was willing, we would actually encrypt all of their data. So even if somebody was to gain access to it, they wouldn't have anything. They would just have a bunch of uh, ones and zeros, essentially, that they couldn't actually you know, sell or get anything for. Um, right. So that would actually help the, you know, the law firm's current clients that their data would never actually made it outside of your, uh, your trust. Okay. And then you guys also uh, do a lot with compliance as well, right? I'm, like we mentioned before, there's HIPAA and, and several other agencies that you, your systems will use for compliance. Absolutely. Um, our coder who actually has developed our system uh, comes from that security world and actually ran uh, most of those compliance uh, assessments for major hospitals at times, as well as law firms before he came on board. So um, anything that requires those assessments, training, and, and all those things were, were very adept at handling. Okay. And in the beginning, you said that your services now make it a lot more affordable to have this type of sophisticated security implemented, whether it's a, you know, small, maybe, you know, two-person law firm all the way up to, you know, in an enormous firm with hundreds of lawyers. Can you kind of describe a little bit about how that customization works? Like maybe what you would do for a small law firm who's who's got you know a hundred or so cases, all the way up to someone who's dealing with thousands of records of you know financial, medical, and and the like. Sure, and and, and it's uh, really thanks to technology that we're able to to help with this to actually be able to price it as a service to customize what you need. So if you're a law firm that only has two lawyers in it and you each have a home office and a office uh, computer and maybe a, a paralegal or two that, that also need access to data, um, that, that's only a six, uh, six unit uh, service. And most, if not all security systems will not allow you to buy a six unit service. Uh, they'll They'll start you at a 10 to 15, and, and if you don't have that many people, that's their bottom number. 
um, which also, aside from giving you the ability to buy exactly what you need, um, you're actually going to get someone who cares and will train you on how to exactly use all those things. And it saves you, you know, and, and we offer the 24 hour monitoring. So that also saves you from having to hire uh, any other employees to handle your uh, security system. And what would that training entail? Is, is this a, you know, a couple hours in a Zoom type call or how does that work? Uh, Zoom has made it real easy to reach people all over, all over the country. So it, it really probably would only take um, roughly an hour um, per person to, to get them up to speed and, and maybe an hour and a half to two hours with the, with the principal. So they actually understand the reports that they're getting. So we don't want to send you a report that you just glance at and go, oh, okay, I got my daily report and put it away uh, without knowing that, oh, by the way, there was actually, we had a, an attack that got stopped and it happened at your home computer and we need to address this. Um, so just, just to make sure that when you get those notifications and things, you're actually understanding what you're seeing um, so that when we need to take the next steps to make sure that everything stays secure, you're on board with uh, with understanding that and and not just letting it you know kind of slip away because you weren't you know weren't uh, understanding it or quite aware of the seriousness of the of the problem. Right. So your software might be doing its job, but the the person at the firm needs to understand what alerts what these alerts mean and and how to interact with those to stop them or maybe it's not a threat that, that they can say, no, this email is okay and, and go about their business or they get alerted on something and they need to know which steps to take for each one of those types of interactions. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it can be as simple as, uh, hey, make sure your office computer has run its most recent update um, because something is, is not right there or, or things like that. So all of those things play into it. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've known personally a couple of law firms that have uh, have fallen prey to a couple of these scams. Both of them were losses of tens of thousands of dollars. And I think both of them were because emails were intercepted and a new conversation was started. The attorney didn't realize that this email address was a little bit off and they ended up wiring, I think in one place it was over $60,000. Uh, so yeah. I know... Personally, that law firms are big targets because of a lot of times the big dollars that they deal in, you know, if, yes. whether it's a settlement check or, you know, wire transfers back and forth for, for some type of funding for marketing or, or what it may be. And attorneys are also held to a higher standard being the, the professional nature of the business so that if they're not protecting their client's data, you know, it, there could be some ramifications for not taking steps like this, which is really an insurance policy against the law firm. I would, I would assume. It's, it really is your, your one and only insurance policy for things like that. Um, not to say that, you know, if, if that were to happen, that's, that's a terrible story, but uh, um, if you're at least doing everything in your power to keep it secure, uh, Hopefully we would have stopped that communication. That would not have happened. But more importantly, your clients can't come back to you and say, oh, and aside from that $60,000 that you of mine you wired out, I'm going to sue you for malpractice um, because you weren't doing any of these other things. So 
that uh, that added security of hey no I actually was doing everything that I uh, you know everything in my power to uh, to keep this safe and secure uh, right well it sounds like something that's a necessity for a law firm of any size uh, anything uh, as far as a final note that you'd like to share with the audience sure and and really it, it's that uh, everybody is so vulnerable to this and and even the most secure people that are working on this full time are still vulnerable to it because you know we we don't we live in closed worlds and that's how you know apple icloud got hacked uh, you know with all the all the all the uh, pictures of celebrities and all the rest of it so even the biggest tech people in in the in the world have problems keeping their data secure and um, you know, we, we're, we're hoping that you, A, assess the problem, keep your data secure, and uh, continue to live a happy, fruitful life. And, yeah. and this never happens to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just reminds me, you know, criminals are looking for the easy way in. They'll, they'll check car doors to see if they're unlocked as opposed to, you know, a smash and grab that draws more attention. So this layer of security just makes it that much harder. And if they knock and they can't get in they're just going to move on so it's a protection i think that's uh it's an added cost but everybody's got car insurance and uh, life insurance this is just a business insurance that really needs to be taken uh into consideration absolutely and, and also when when you are working with your actual insurance providers having the security will uh definitely lower your premiums as well you know, that, that's a big that's a big thing for uh, most insurance agents these days. Um, have, having that level of security in your in your office does usually give you a pretty good discount. Well, great. Well, Adam, yeah. thanks for your time today. We really appreciate you sharing this information with the audience and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank have you. a great day. You too.